The zombie apocalypse has flatlined new car sales here in Chittsville. This is the perfect storm if you're in a position to buy a new car over the next several weeks. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where Australian new car buyers save thousands off their brand new cars. Friggin' thousands. The Ming Moles are standing by in our dedicated facility now to assist you in any way. And I do mean any way. Whatever it takes, no job too big or small, they can accommodate any request. It's friggin' miraculous. Of course, if you're not a regular viewer at this point, you're probably going, fuck is he talking about? Anyway, you'll figure it out. It's not that hard. Hit me up on the website for that. Just before we kick off, okay, if you are that regular viewer, thank you for your patronage. You might be interested to learn that I just started my second fine YouTube channel. First video just went live. Yes. Link in the description. I basically decided it was time to eviscerate epic bullshitters in high places. My new channel called Rant. I mean, why try to be something you're not, right? Click the link, help me out, please subscribe, hit the bell, and then do hide behind a fake name and tell me what a cock I am in the comments feed. I'm sure we will both enjoy that. Probably I'll enjoy it more than you. Now, new cars, which is, let's face it, why we're here. Last month, the car industry's grubby little lobby group in can They went all Easter Island face, just like this. About the 23 months in a row of so-called negative growth in new car sales. Negative growth. Thank you so much for that epic bullshit unspeak expression, Tony Webber. Well done. Then the zombie apocalypse hit properly and the brain-dead hordes swamped our supermarkets, reducing the critical national reserve of toilet tissue to zero. New car sales crashed right at the two-year anniversary of the shit sales tsunami. Perfect storm. It's friggin' intersectional right at the moment. This impact was felt in particular at dealer level in just the past two weeks. Even though dealers remain open for business and frankly gagging for it, seeing as how no self-respecting virus would enter premises of that nature. I mean, even viruses have standards. You'll be safe in there. Just for contrast, massage parlours all closed. Dealers, right as rain, just saying. This is a net deficit in the domain of happy endings, now that I think about it. Anyway, market-leading king of mediocrity, Toyota, has kind of held its ground this month. It's up a paltry 1.6%, which is nothing for March. Small round of applause there for swimming against the tide. And... Also of note, an epic counterpunch, an overtaking manoeuvre by Kia, which jumped 6% last month. They whipped out a left hook from nowhere and pulled off this epic overtaking manoeuvre as well. They took over, they took over and overtook both of those things. They didn't take them over, they overtook. Hyundai, which fell 29%, and that fall is kind of representative of the cliff which the rest of the majors all tumbled over in March. 30 to 40% down, which was pretty average among the top players. 
This, of course, is a spectacularly sweet triumph for Kia. They're joined at the hip to Hyundai, obviously, back in Seoul, but they are so fiercely competitive here. The top Aussie at Kia, former PE teacher Damien Meredith, and also former big cheese of sales at Hyundai Straya. I'm tipping he's reasonably pleased about that. It's always good to beat your big brother in a fair fight, I think you'd agree. Hyundai is still in front for the year, however, but Kia is on the rise, swimming against the tide and seemingly unstoppable. So there's that. So the top five, okay, king of mediocrity in first spot, like clockwork, then Mazda, which was down 29% for March, Mitsubishi, which fell 43%, then Kia in fourth, then Hyundai in fifth, and then rounding out the next five for the top 10, we've got Holden, which was up a staggering 30%, following the epic Holden, we are fucking off for good, fire sale. Then there was Ford in seventh, which was down 21%, a relatively good performance, believe it or not. Those chumps at Nissan, down 30%. Honda, busily shafting its dealers and also down 27%. And then Subaru, rounding out 10th spot. Flat sales there for the borderline Toyota subsidiary. And the criminal enterprise we know as Volkswagen, just outside the top 10 and down 38%. Well done. Chumps. Lastly, here in the fat cave, the auto expert nerve center amid the splendor and the grandeur basking in the glamour, together with my commercial partners and, of course, the Ming Moles, handpicked, we managed to deliver 56 cars in March, which was kind of down a little bit, but not massively so. Perhaps April will be a disaster. We'll have to wait and see. I guess the main message I wanted to leave you with is that there's so much commercial upheaval right now because, you know, a, a horde of toilet tissue-eating zombies running amok in the streets, no more than two together and obviously at a safe separation of 1.5 metres because not even zombies appreciate a big fat fine for doing the wrong thing, but a horde nonetheless, that'll do that to society. It's rather upsetting on many, many levels. And just to be serious for a moment, if you've been laid off, the next few months is going to be hard and confronting indeed, despite whatever cash the government splashes in your direction. And I have a great deal of sympathy for anyone in hospitality, tourism, working for airlines, cafes, restaurants, retailers. It's a pretty long list when you think about it. But there is another category of people out there who are relatively unaffected, at least financially, by this apocalypse. Like my son, right? He's a foreman on a building site and nothing much has changed for him. It's all get up in the dark, manage concrete pours and juggle a horde of tradies, right? Business as usual. The public service, they're still up and running. The cops, the fire brigade, the ambos, teachers, the media, all these enterprises, pretty busy right now. And the point I'm making is if you're relatively insulated from the financial fallout of this zombie apocalypse and you've got the cash plus the need for a new car, I mean, don't just do it because you can, do it because you've got the cash and you need a new car, I'd suggest go for it because this is a real opportunity. Your bargaining power has never been higher. The car industry, it's on the ropes, frankly. It was sick before the apocalypse it hasn't got any better over the past couple of weeks. This is, in fact, the double whammy from hell because the capital cost of holding that stock is immense. Getting rid of the stock at sometimes 
fire sale prices is imperative. It's better to get some money back for them than none, okay? There is extreme pressure at every link in the supply chain, all the way to the dealership. So if you are in front of a dealer, do not forget that he is desperately, desperately in need of your cash. He needs it. He needs it bad, right? He's gagging for it. He's got these massive fixed costs and the businesses that supply him with those cars, they have these massive costs as well, okay? And they need your money more than you need any of them. It's called leverage and you might as well exploit it in front of the dealer to the friggin' max because if the boot is on the other foot, he sure as shit is not going to hesitate to turn the thumb screws on you. And now this from you. Great video, John. Only one criticism. You didn't mention anything about steep decants or emergency braking. Could you please, please, please make another vid teaching the masses how to use the gearbox to keep the speed and not cook the brakes? Keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much, Spa Lash. And if you are wondering what he is talking about, he's on about towing, obviously. So yeah, if you're going to go down some descent, towing something heavy, preemptively select a lower gear in an auto. Good idea. Use a small amount of engine braking to reduce the heat load on the brakes and then live to fight another day or at least brake around another bend further down the hill. My big problem generally with driving manually in an automatic when you're towing something heavy is this. If you remain in too high a gear when you get to an ascent, you can overstress the transmission. So there's that. And often in this situation, generally, it's just better to let the gearbox do its own thing. It's programmed for that. The lesson on emergency braking is dead simple. It's the same regardless of whether you're towing anything or not. In an emergency, in a modern vehicle with all the braking technology, here's what you do. You smash the brake pedal really, really hard, like you intend to brake it off. And you do it as early as possible in the process. Both hands on the wheel, nine and three, look where you want the car to go and then just wait for the scenery to stop moving. I love this channel, it's the personification of OK Boomer, but he's talking to boomers, so I guess it's OK. How much do I owe you for the valuable time you invested in that comment, Joseph? Do allow me to retort. The term OK Boomer is actually emblematic of the problem with being a self-entitled, snot-nosed millennial fucktard who had the world handed to him on a platter by boomers and yet has still managed to achieve essentially fuck all. Thanks so much for sharing your view. John, have you had peck implants? Uh... No, not that I recall. All natural, mate. But I do rather a lot of push-ups and pull-ups and I otherwise fail to win routinely against gravity here in the multifunctional space I call the fat cave. I had a PB on the pull-ups the other day, just over there. Personal best of nine. <laughs> when I started about 15 months ago, I couldn't friggin' do one. Anyway, it just shows you what's possible. This soul-crushing assault on gravity, and it is, you know, it's repetitive. Anyone who tells you exercise is fun, they're full of shit or they're doing it wrong. This assault on gravity has seen me grow from a C cup all the way to double D.
in just a year, and rock hard too, for a man of my advanced years. Of course, this meant I did have to get all new bras and mankinis made up, and that was rather expensive, but the Ming moles seemed pleased. So that's nice. Another great video, but I am really struggling with order of those ring spanners over your right shoulder. Could you please line them up in order of length? It's awfully distracting. He's talking about, um, where are they? Sort of there-ish. I get this rather a lot from the more ADHD of you. So let us sort this out now. Now. Firstly to you, if you are one of those nuts who seems to think that I'm operating in front of a green screen, hopefully this brief interlude will cure you of that perception. And let me just get some of this uh, useful stuff out of the way, or as others in this household might put it from time to time, perhaps insensitively, that crap taking up valuable space in our garage. Let me get that out of the way and we'll address the thorny issue of these spanners. Bit of a plug though for the spare keys, which are quite useful during these times of zombie apocopi. This is, uh, doesn't look like a conventional key, I know it's the Gerber downrange tomahawk. I'm just having a bit of a play with that. Or as I prefer to think of it, the friggin' keys to everything. Yes. Now, these spanners, okay? As you can hopefully clearly see at this point, there's actually two sets, two separate sets of ratchet spanners here, arranged in ADHD order. Four spanners here and three spanners here. <laughs> yes. Now, I don't know about you, but I would find it deeply offensive to stack them in, in a manner such as this, just for just to appease some sort of visual sensitivity back there from you and this is all blurred off in the background, so forget it. There's no way I would do that to myself. I find it offensive to look at it even in this way now. And while we're here, let us address the thorny issue of tool boards generally, okay? Because, I don't know, you might be allegedly working from home and you might need to I don't know, take some time off from suing your spouse for sexual harassment and a tool board seems to me a perfect exercise. I did this mainly because it was going to be the background of the studio, okay? But what I found subsequently is that whenever I try to do anything down here now, it's so much quicker and more efficient, mainly because I don't have to friggin' root around in a hundred different toolboxes looking for that spanner or, you know, looking for my cheap-ass vernier calipers to see if that's M8 or M10 or something, whatever, you know? It's just all here in what I would loosely describe as a process that, that facilitates me getting first-order accessibility from all the tools I need to get my friggin' hands on all the time to do useful shit now. And all around the rest of the joint, there's all these second- and third-order accessible tools which I don't use all that much. But all of the stuff I use all the time is up here on the wall and it's over here on the wall and it's around behind you now on more of the wall and I can just reach it and I can see if anything's missing and that's friggin' awesome. It is so awesome because I've wasted so much of my life looking for exactly the tool that I need now. And now it's just up on the wall 
If you've got some spare time, all you need is a bit of spare plywood and a few friggin' nails. And the pro tip here is, set it all out, okay? Put all the tools down and then just pre-drill all the holes for the nails, knock them all in, and then take a photo on your phone so that you can remember where everything goes. Because my living nightmare is a poltergeist will come in one day and just rip all of this off the wall and it'll take me like, I don't know, a week and a half to figure out where I had everything. So back it up with the photograph and you'll never lose track of what's supposed to be here and what's not. And I don't know, you'll get another three or four weeks of your life back by virtue of not wasting all this time looking for a toolbox that doesn't have the right spanner in it because it's missing and you didn't know because you couldn't see it up on the wall like that. To me, this just jumps off the wall and says, it's not there, baby, where is it? You know? And if you solve all those problems, your toolboard is always stacked, just like a good Ming mole, then, you know, happy days, even in the midst of a zombie friggin' apocalypse. See you tomorrow.